the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business. And I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. And I'm so excited to be joined by the one and only Courtney Lynch, um, who uh, recently, uh, together with a colleague, Angie Morgan, um, wrote Bet on You, How to Win with Risk. And I'm super excited to talk about uh, all of the insights that have been gathered over a uh, period of time. Um, but Courtney, I'd love to get started with the story behind the book and behind your uh, collaboration with Angie. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, absolutely. Shalom. Thanks so much for having me on. It's uh, so great to be a part of your show. And I think one thing that's interesting about our backgrounds, we both have it in common, is I'm a veteran. So I've, I'm a nerd and a geek for leadership. And I learned leadership as a United States Marine. And I have been privileged to be working with companies for the last 18 years to help them develop leaders. And Angie and I decided to write on the topic of risk because we saw it as an area where we could really support people with their own development. When you can win with risk, you can achieve so much more. And I think the stronger you're able to be yourself, right? When you're betting on yourself, you become stronger for others. And so our backstory is we learned to lead in the military and we spent about two decades advising the world's best businesses on how to develop leaders. And risk is a big part of that. That's huge. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And I thank you for your service um, to both of you, which is uh, incredible. I know you spent nine years in the Marine Corps. You've managed a top-notch software sales team and practiced at one of the nation's uh, leading law firms. So let's jump right into risk. Why are you so focused on risk and what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you've seen? What's interesting, I think all of us seek thriving lives, right? I meet so many great leaders, so many great people in the world in which I work, and we all want to have a thriving life. Now, we define that perhaps a bit differently, yet I think no matter how we define a thriving life, we have to take risks to get there. And so a couple of the key misconceptions that we work to hit head on in our book, Bet on You, are one that risk is the opposite of reward, right? We always hear risk versus reward. And in reality, rather than believe that risk is the opposite of reward, I think we have to recognize that risk is the path to reward. So you have to take steps that feel risky to actually realize the rewards that matter to you. 
Another common misconception is that risk is a big leap, right? I think our society really celebrates those sudden dramatic changes. Shows like 90 Day Fiance are popular and we tell people to rip the band-aid off or quit your job, change your life. And I found through the years of working with pretty phenomenal leaders that those bold, jarring, kind of out of nowhere risk-taking moves, they often lead to less than best outcomes. And we believe and talk about in our book, making risk something that's steady and consistent in your life, right? You're mindful, you're intentional, and you're stepping towards risk with a really intentional mindset around the steps that certainly there are no guarantees, but make sense Mm -hmm. to what matters to you. So those are just a couple of them. I think the last one, though, is we think we can actually avoid risk-taking, right? We all talk about mitigating risk, but I think we have to look at risk as taking action in the face of uncertainty. And when you define it that way, risk is everywhere. And so it's a skill set, managing and leveraging and winning with risk that we need to pay attention to. Indeed, indeed, risk is everywhere. And certainly from your time in the uh, military, certainly you've understood the elements of risk. And um, you talk in your book, again, uh, it's called Bet on You, How to Win with Risk. I know it just came out back in uh, April. Um, you talk about how wargaming is important when you're dealing with fear. What do you mean by that? I think it's just really important to understand what's behind your fears, right? And when we can war game a bit, when we can think through scenarios, when we can really understand what we're afraid of, that allows us to identify what's holding us back. You know, maybe it's not the right time. Maybe we're limited in resources. Maybe we're afraid of mistakes and failures. Maybe we lack an ability to prioritize, right? There's lots of different reasons, but the more we war game and think through the scenarios and really get to the root of our fears, the more we're able to bet on ourselves and uh, rewrite some narratives and, and move forward. One of the themes that's really coming cr- across to readers of the book is the fact that fear kills more dreams than failure ever will. And really understanding our fears actually gives us the motivation to step forward in the face of them and beyond them. Absolutely. And something that you talk about in the book, um, which I found fascinating, um, is about perfectionism. And it's interesting, you know, both you and I, certainly in the military, you know, you, you talk about, you know, rehearsals, you talk about preparing for any situation and so on. But, but one of the things that I know I've had many conversations with those that serve uh, under me as well as uh, my leaders is it is okay to take risks. It is okay at times to fail. So how does perfectionism, and and I think sometimes that culture that exists, especially in large companies, but even in entrepreneurship, you know, everybody wants to be that, that perfect shining example of business success. How does that limit us from taking risks that actually will allow us to see succeed in a greater level? Now, it's such a great question. I appreciate you asking it because I think there's, there's a healthy dose of us out there that have challenges with perfectionism, right? And I think perfectionism ultimately can have a chill on you stepping towards what matters most to you because you perceive that that opportunity to fail is way too high. Yet I think if we pause for a second and we all take a look at our own lives, I don't know about you, but I've certainly learned more lessons 
through failure and through some of those valley moments rather than those awesome. And I still want to seek them mountaintop moments, right? I love to achieve success. Yet a lot of times what makes me even stronger and better for the next goal that matters or the next contribution that I want to make is actually inspecting my failures and having a real understanding that failure isn't something to be afraid of. It's it's a very valuable learning experience. And I think when we're perfectionists, we have a chill on some of that deep learning that comes from stepping a little too far or making that misstep. We're human. The only thing that's certain is we are going to make some mistakes, but we build such skill in overcoming them and moving through them that I, you know, I just want to fail fast now and, and see the signs and be very self-aware versus prevent failure. Cause that's impossible when you're doing big things that matter to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Lots of lessons there. And I know, uh, again, Courtney, you and uh, Angie, um, you both, uh, obviously through your time in the Marines, um, you've, you've, really taken that masterclass and how to take risks and now you're sharing it um, both through your multi-million dollar leading consulting firm called Leadstar uh, that you came together in 2004 but now of course with this fantastic fantastic read um, which uh, I think is, is absolutely awesome bet on you how to win with risk um, which is great so what's the big takeaway that uh, as our listeners go into the week ahead that you want them to put into action what are some of the action items aside from picking up a copy of the book but more on that in just a moment um, that you want people to uh, perhaps uh, step forward and, and will will allow them to be a better entrepreneur I think the biggest takeaway and having worked with an entrepreneur being an entrepreneur is that uh, we are far more capable at times than we believe and I rarely meet leaders that aren't capable of achieving their dreams, but I often meet leaders that are afraid to take risk. And so our advice is keep stepping, right? To really, truly dream it, own it, take it. And, you know, you have to do the work. We talk about that. You need to build a safety net, right? We thought it would be very irresponsible to write a book about risk and not talk about how you can stay safe. Uh, Yet we talk about practical guidance, you know, choosing guides, recognizing when you're winning and, and truly, truly understanding what matters most to you and recognizing that risk is all around us. And so rather than try to avoid it, how do you choose it much more intentionally? And when you start to choose risks intentionally, you actually start to achieve greater success, greater results. And I believe get in a position to contribute greater value to others and certainly the communities and teams you're a part of. Well, that's uh, that's a good takeaway if there if there ever was one. Um, but certainly, I want to make sure our listeners get a hold of you and your team, as well as, of course, pick up a copy of the book. How can we reach you? And where can we find this fantastic read? Uh, well, Bet on You is available everywhere books are sold. It also comes with an awesome online free digital companion where you make your own risk manifesto. So just search up Bet on You, and you can learn more about our firm, Leadstar at leadstar.us. So that's leadstar, L-E-A-D-S-T-A-R dot U-S. Well, thank you so much, Courtney Lynch, for joining us. I look forward to having you back on to learn more about those leadership lessons, learn a little bit more about risk. But we've got to squeeze in a quick break here and get down to business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Um, You can find out more on my website, get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. The website is shellandclimb.com. And of course, you can search for Get Down to Business on your favorite podcast app. Quick break, more. When we return in just a moment, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So 
leaders always need a blueprint for sustained and profitable growth. And too many companies don't have a specific goal with a plan, don't have execution strategies to accomplish their goals, and don't have a clear advantage targeted at a well-defined market. That's why I'm joined by Bob, Bob Leiser, who wrote the growth advantage business blueprint for the ultimate competitive edge. Bob, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone. How do you become so passionate about planning and the growth advantage? Well, you know, I, I kind of got here one step at a time. I started as a salesperson, became a sales manager, GM, ran an organization that helped family business compete against the big guys, and just realized that a lot of companies don't have planning and execution strategies and don't know how to execute them. So that's how we built the model for our business, and that's what I put into the book. Well, that is awesome. That's fantastic. So again, the book is called The Growth Advantage of Business Blueprint for the Ultimate Competitive Edge. Um, so there's a lot I need to ask you about. Um, definitely, you know, it's important to have a blueprint. So in your mind, what are some of those fundamental elements, those essential elements that need to be in any business's blueprint in order to achieve that, as you say, steady and predictable growth? Sure. Well, there's basically three parts to the book. There's the planning advantage. So you must have a detailed plan and take it from what we call a vital goal, a top goal, all the way down to making it personal so everybody knows their role and tracking predictive behaviors. You've got to have an execution strategy. The execution strategy in our world is talent. Do we have enough of the right kind of talent? Are we training them properly? Are we motivating them and are we holding them accountable? And then lastly, all this builds into having a company advantage. Companies must make sure they have a clear advantage message and invest in that. Uh, you'd probably be surprised, but I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people. And when I ask people what are their top goals and how do they contribute, I never get good answers. And when I ask people what is your competitive advantage in the market, I've gotten two good answers out of, once again, hundreds of interviews. <laughs> I know you certainly have had uh, a lot of conversations, as you said, hundreds of interviews, which is great. I want to focus on the people side of things, um, which I think probably goes into sort of all of those areas for sure. Um, but I know that you have worked with so many companies and one of the things that's important, especially in this day and age is attracting and training talent as well as motivating people and then holding people accountable. What are some of the things that uh, readers of the, uh, of the growth advantage can look for? And what are some of the things in the hundreds of interviews that you've had that you've found as a common theme and trend? Um, you mean as far as attracting talent? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, People want to be a part of companies that are successful. And so once again, the more successful you are as a company, the more you drive growth, the more opportunity that brings to people. And so I think that's what builds cultures that are going to attract people to your company. Definitely. Absolutely. That's definitely a common thing for sure. And when it comes to that planning side of things in each of those areas, planning, execution, and company, what are some of the things that, as, as it relates to people, that we need to make sure that we are looking out for um, in order to stand out from the rest? Well, I think, once again, putting that detailed plan together so not only everybody knows what the company goal is, what are we specifically trying to accomplish for growth or whatever else we're trying to accomplish, but making sure everybody knows their role. And then we like to break things into what we call a predictive behavior. So the predictive behavior is just simply whatever behavior is going to cause the outcome to take place. You know, we kind of look at results as the outcome, but we got to manage the behavior side of things. So I would just suggest companies go to their employees and ask those questions. Do they know what the top goals are? Do they know how they contribute? Do they know the behaviors they got to do on a daily and weekly basis? Do they know their company advantage? 
Um, if they don't know those things, then there's some work to be done. Oh, that's for sure. Absolutely. Okay, great. So I'm chatting with Bob Leiser, again, the founder and president of Growth Advantage. Um, interestingly, has written the book on the Growth Advantage. That's what it's called, the Growth Advantage, your business blueprint for the ultimate competitive edge, because indeed, that's what everybody wants. So, Bob, my next question goes into certainly the difference between businesses. Many of the folks tuning, tuning in to get down to business, whether it's in Chicago or around the world, um, are entrepreneurs. And many people are thinking business blueprint, that's something only Fortune 500 companies have because they have the time to focus on it. What would be your advice to those you know, entrepreneurs, the small businesses, the individuals that are starting their own company right now, how can they get set up for success from the beginning? Well, if you want to maximize the results of your people, it's, I think it's critical for any size of business to have good planning, good strategy, good culture, good execution. But to be honest, the bigger you get, then the better you better get at this stuff. Because, you know, when you're starting a business, kind of touch everything but as you get bigger you've got to develop executive teams and managers that in essence can keep cascading this down to your frontline employees but, but it's absolutely critical for a starting business as it is for a fortune 500 business okay absolutely so the perfect segue into sustainability sustainability as you get things set up you know you 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 focus in all those areas that we've talked about so far we've talked about that planning side of things so let's let's talk a little bit more about the execution side of things what are some of the things that you've seen successful companies do to set themselves up for success to make sure that every process every good idea that they've had is that they've planned for can continue to be executed on and especially as we talk about um, sort of uh, uh, succession planning, making sure that you're not just building a one-hit wonder, but rather it's something that can actually live on. What are some of the things that you've seen done successfully and maybe even share some of the horror stories too? <laughs> well, the key there is making sure you have enough quality talent. And what you need to do is, you know, if you're a company that's not growing, this isn't so important. But if you start growing more than you're used to, let's say 10%, 12%, 15% consistently, You've got to be growing your talent in advance of that growth or else you're always behind. And then suddenly growth becomes exhausting and wears people out. The second part of that is you've got to make sure your talent is well-trained. And they know, once again, if they're put into a leadership role, do they know how to be a leader? Do they know how to do planning, strategy, execution? You want to make sure your people are motivated. We call it the four magic motivation questions. Question one, do they know what it is we want them to do? Do they believe they can do it? Do they believe it's worth doing? And do they understand the why? And the why is critical. When you're changing people's worlds, they better understand the why. And then the magic pixie dust comes in with accountability. Accountability kind of gets a bad rap, you know, in today's world, but accountability is very important. And there's, you know, there's leader to subordinate accountability and there's team member accountability. And that's why when we work with companies, we like to form things like growth teams. You know, groups of people that obviously contribute to the growth, manage the growth, our leadership in the growth, and then they work together to make sure we have a good plan and that everybody's holding each other accountable to achieving that plan. Awesome, awesome. That's fantastic. That's great stuff. Uh, again, I'm chatting with the author of The Growth Advantage. It's Bob Leiser. And I'm uh, really, really interesting um, through his uh, quite a bit of time in, uh, in working with uh, hundreds of companies, consulting companies, conducting training seminars, public speaking, and facilitating executive peer groups. Uh, Bob, I know you've become the recognized expert in planning and execution. Um, which those two are, are certainly not one and the same, um, but you are all about that growth advantage, which is great. Um, so uh, as we start to come to a conclusion in our conversation, I'm really, really fascinated with creating a growth culture. How do you do that? How do you take that leadership um, style 
and ensure that it permeates down to the lowest levels within your organization? Well, it starts at the top. Once again, you've got to make the commitment that growth is going to be one of our vital goals. So a vital goal in our world is just a top goal worthy of our best effort. You can't have more than three of those. And obviously, the fewer, the better. Then you do what I said earlier. You, you form a growth team. These are people that are going to be involved in creating the plan and making sure that we've got the whole company engaged in this process. So with some companies I work with, it might be top executives. It might be middle-level managers. And sometimes it's even frontline employees involved in that growth team process. Once again, once you have the specific plan, you've got to make sure you've got the behaviors and track all the metrics. And then the last part of culture that we kind of really look at is we call them culture builders and culture killers. So obviously it's on the culture builder side, it's doing all the things right that will make this happen. Having good strategy, having good planning, having good accountability, having positive attitudes. And on the culture killer side, sometimes it's things like people saying they're too busy or, you know, uh, having bad attitudes. It was kind of interesting. I was at one of my clients recently and we always do kind of a warm-up session where everybody gives us an update and at the end of the update the owner and I looked at each other and said, hey, what did nobody say today? And, they, and we both said the same thing. Nobody said they were too busy, even though they are all very busy people. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, Bob, we're running out of time and I want to make sure our listeners know how they can get a hold of you and pick up a copy of the book. Can you share your website contact information for all the important work that you do? Yeah, uh, my website is grow-advantage.com, and my book's available, once again, everywhere books are sold. Amazon, you can get it in hard copy, you can get it in digital, you can get it in audio through Roman and Littlefield's uh, website, who's the publisher of my book, so plenty of options out there. Well, that's awesome. Bob Leiser, thank you so much for joining us and sharing about the growth advantage. I look forward to having you back on real soon but coming up real soon we do continue our conversations all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return after these commercials headlines quick break but when we return more uh, tips advice information from industry leaders you're listening to get down to business you can on my website shalomfond.com but don't touch that dial more conversations when we return in just a moment Good friend, Tom Mirabali, independent agent with Blue Cross Blue Shield um, and the all-around guru for everything health insurance and everything Affordable Care Act. If you're looking for 100% guaranteed acceptance for a health insurance plan, you've come to the right place. I encourage you to reach out to Tom Mirabali at 630-863-3477, 630-863-3477. He is an all-around expert on everything health insurance, the Affordable Care Act, and he could also be reached on his website at healthplanchicago.com. HealthPlanChicago.com. Again, uh, tell him that you heard about his services on Get Down to Business. So we have managed to plow through, believe it or not, half a year of 2022. Um, And it's been a lot of changes in the economy, a lot of changes in regulation. The good news, it seems, as always, when you make it through the first half of the year, is the worst is behind us. We can look forward to continuing our business journey. We are now a few weeks into the third quarter. And I thought it would be helpful to talk about some things the organization can be doing now to plan and prepare for the upcoming few months. I am a firm believer in the old saying that uh, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. That's right. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. There's no truer words in business as sustained growth rests on an organization's ability to plan and budget 
towards the vision. So now is a great time to be meeting with your leadership team and discuss the vision and strategy for the next couple of months. What are the six things that you should be discussing? Let's talk about it. Business strategy. It's no secret that the economic and competitive business climate changes rapidly, and keeping up with those changes is challenging at best. Every organization should invest the time to strategize and plan for predictable and unpredictable business changes. For example, try to figure out what stands in the way of where your business is now as, com as compared to where you see your organization going and then map out a plan to get there. Do a SWOT analysis. Look that up, a SWOT analysis. I have a lot on my website at shalomkline.com um, on that topic. And think about your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. Then consider how you can strategically address your weaknesses and threats while building on your strengths and new opportunities. Running a business is very much like playing a chess game. You have to anticipate others' moves so you can make the right moves and ultimately win the game. Yes, it's all about strategy. For instance, if you're in the restaurant business, yeah, these past two years have probably not been your friend. Take the time to think outside of the box and figure out ways to serve the public while keeping them safe. Let's continue talking about some of the things you need to look at. Business goals. The changing economic climate makes it even more important than ever to stop and take the time to plan and strategize. No matter the size, every organization should take the time to strategize and write goals. Well thought out and written business goals provide the roadmap for organizational success. Written goals incorporated into a structured performance management process are how organizations get things done and move to the next level. For instance, let's say you have a restaurant that has struggled to survive the pandemic, meet with customers, employees, and managers, and determine smart goals for attracting and retaining customers. SMART is specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound goals. And let's continue talking about some of the strategy. Yes, you need to talk about budgeting. Many organizations have been struggling with decreased revenues, increased costs, and an unpredictable business climate during the pandemic and beyond. Develop a budget process that supports the organization's vision so your business can not only survive but also grow. You want to control spending and invest resources into those things that affect the customer experience. Think about those big ticket items that are likely to hit your organization in the next year. Put a plan and budget in place so you have the available resources when you need it. For example, if your employees are working with outdated equipment that's beginning to affect the customer experience, now is the time to map out a plan to get that equipment replaced. An example of this could be anything from outdated software, hardware, or aging production equipment. When you're proactive and think ahead, you'll have the necessary resources to eliminate customer service nightmare down the road. And we all know that there's no business without customers, so it's important to incorporate customer needs and expectations into business planning and strategy. Develop a customer service strategy and spend time talking to customers. That's the best use of your time. Or solicit customer satisfaction data so your organization can offer products and services not only that will meet, but also exceed customer requirements. The goal is to create a wow experience so your customers not only come back, but tell others about the great things your business is doing. The wow moment is the secret sauce to business success. And we're getting close to the end over here. You also want to make sure you are not underestimating the value of engaged employees. This quarter is a great time to look at your employee census, review and modify job descriptions, update employee expectations, develop, develop employee goals based on organizational strategy, and business goals. Talk to employees and continually look for ways to keep them engaged. It will be time and money well spent without customers. Remember, there's no business and satisfied customers are dependent 
on great employees who are engaged with the organizations. Your employees take care of the customers, so be sure to take care of them. And remember, if there's anything that these past few years have taught us is that you need to plan for emergencies. We know how much can change, and make sure you have a sort of a crisis plan, an emergency preparedness plan to make sure your organization is prepared in case something unexpected happens in your business. Know what to do, how to respond, and that means, yes, the natural disasters, but also some of the other things that could happen. But remember, good planning coupled with strong performance management and fiscal responsibility is a great way to continue on for the remainder of the calendar year. So we're definitely deep into July now. Have you mapped out a plan for the next year yet? That's the question you should be asking yourself. I'll post more tips on my website, shalomkline.com. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast, Get Down to Business, on your favorite podcast app. Got a lot more information for you on Get Down to Business in upcoming weeks, but you also don't want to miss a single one of the past nine plus years of shows. We've got a lot more for you. This week's Don't Touch That Dial. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back on my website, shalomkline.com. You're listening to Get Down to Business, and we'll return in just a moment. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I am so excited to be joined by Amy Wilhelmy, um, who certainly has a uh, massive focus right now and an emphasis and has become the subject matter expert on mental health awareness for athletes and certainly a very timely topic. But Amy, I'd love to start with getting to know you, the person behind the microphone and your work. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am a licensed mental health therapist. Technically, I'm a licensed marriage family, marriage and family therapist. Um, and then I also have a certification in divorce mediation. So that's kind of how I started in the mental health world. I own a large group mental health practice here in the sh- Chicago suburbs. Um, I employ a bunch of therapists and we see individual couples, families and children um, I've been doing that for about seven years. The practice has been open. Um, the practice has been open about seven years. And what we do there is kind of typical mental health. You know, I take insurance. So we we see clients through their insurance providers and are able to provide that service. Um, I started working with athletes because I'm an athlete myself. I um, do competitive bodybuilding. So I am in the bikini division. And when I started doing that, I realized that there's this huge gap with mental health and athletes. You know, they have trainers, they have nutritionists, they have physical therapists, they have all these people around them. And then their mental health kind of goes by the wayside. And even if they were to seek services, um, the providers, most of them don't really understand that level of performance mm-hmm. or that level of intensity. So mm-hmm. um, oftentimes they'd go to providers and the providers would be like, okay, well then maybe you should stop doing that. <laughs> and definitely, course, definitely. And, and Amy, uh, I've yeah. seen so, so much in the, in the news recently, of course, Olympic gymnast Simone Biles and, of course, Olympic swimmer Michael Phelps, they've had their, their struggles publicized as they walked away from competition or turned right. to other ways to cope with that sort of next phase in their lives. I, I know you certainly can relate really, really well to them in, in all of your hats. 
Can you describe what they might be feeling or going through? Yeah. I mean, I think especially both of those examples, you know, they've been in their sport probably for as long as they can remember and it's their whole identity. And so it's kind of like a, um, a career pivot. It's along those same lines. It's like, well, I've been doing this thing for so long and now what, you know, cause I think that both Simone Biles and Michael Phelps, although top athletes, you know, it's going to end at some point. And then they kind of have this identity crisis of like, what do I do now? Or maybe I don't want to do this anymore. So now what? Right. And so that's kind of where I come in as I work in that pivot zone. Um, also being a business owner and an entrepreneur, um, I understand it kind of from both sides. Definitely. Definitely. And we appreciate you sharing that perspective, which is great. So you know, talking about some of those examples and certainly in your description of your, of your own background and why you're so passionate about this work, it's great. What would you say to people that are thinking of throwing in the towel and um, whether that's certainly in athletics or even in business too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a very emotional process. You know, it's, it's, if you're an athlete, it's this, your whole identity, like I said, is this thing you built. It's your physical body that you've built to work so hard to do that. And if you're a business owner, it's a baby that you've built, right? An entrepreneur, something that you've built kind of from the ground up and you've nurtured and you've cared for for so long that it's, it's like a grief process. It's like this huge emotional mourning of like letting go of that identity, but also just, just, just that baby. And then trying to figure out like, what, what, who am I besides that? Who am I? What am I passionate about? What's next? What else can I do with these skills that I have? Because athletes are obviously highly skilled people, similar to military people, highly skilled people. But then they get out and they're like, what do I do? Right. So then we kind of work with that. Like, what what is your what are your passions besides this thing? What is what are your goals? What are your what's your vision? What are your talents? And we take those pieces and I help them kind of rework that into into next steps. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, certainly, again, um, we're chatting with Amy Wilhelmy, um, a uh, mental health uh, professional, uh, and certainly your background, very, very diverse. And I know you're getting ready to release a couple of new books, Making Mental Gains and A Session Mentality. Uh, we're going to talk about that after a break. But just before we hit the break, I am uh, curious to just talk about mental health in general um, as it's become a, I think, a more accepted topic. Mm-hmm. People take care of their physical health. Talking about mental health is important. Do you see these kinds of mental health services available in the education system in the near future? Mm, absolutely. I think that we don't have a choice. Um, you know, I don't have to say many words, but what's happening in our education system is, is scary. You know, students are feeling more anxious. They're feeling, I mean, schools are more dangerous than they ever have been. Right. So luckily education professionals are paying attention to kind of the social, emotional well-being of students and incorporating that in their day. You know, I have, um, I actually have five kids. I have a blended family. So, Um, they do do, they do social emotional learning programming, even with the little ones. So I'm really proud of that. And then as far as the adolescents go and early college age, um, students, they are very hip to mental health right now. And I'm just so 
proud of that. A lot of my clients actually are like in their um, young 20s. And I had an intake the other day and they were like, yeah, I'm not really sure why I'm, you know, doing this coaching mm-hmm. with you, except that I feel like it's it, it's something you should do. And I was like, well, Amy, Amy, we've got to leave it there. We've got to leave it there. We're going to come back in just a moment. I don't want to get caught off by a commercial. But when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about mental health, mental health awareness with Amy Wilhelmy. We'll be right back and get done to business. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Again, I'm continuing our conversation with the one and only Amy Wilhelmy. We've been chatting about mental health, mental health wellness for athletes, but also uh, sort of digressing that and bring it into the business topics as well. Um, really, really timely. We've talked about a couple of examples of athletes and so on. Um, so, Amy, uh, talking a little bit more about you as a licensed mental mm-hmm. health therapist, what kinds of services can you provide to athletes who have Lots of questions about their goals, directions, purpose, and of course, career pivots as well. Yeah, so I I provide one-on-one coaching, and then I also provide um, group coaching for teams. Um, A lot of my athletes are referred to me by their coach. You know, the coach is like, hey, this person's amazing on the field or amazing in the rink, but they're struggling. And so that's where a lot of my referrals come from. But then also I do, like I said, kind of like team mentality, team wellness, team mental health um, workshops and speaking events. Um, I'm, I'm often hired by um, colleges and pre-professional programs to just come on in and, you know, really, really make mental health kind of at the forefront instead of something that, that might be shameful or something that we don't talk about. Cause they really are starting to recognize that if the athlete's mental health is, uh, performing as well as their athletic ability, then they're actually going to get more out of their athletes. So Sure. Very, very important. And just before the break, we were chatting about mental health services available in colleges and the near future. And I, I loved your um, your uh, very positive and forward, uh, forward-thinking outlook in terms of what's uh, hopefully coming our way. And amen to that for sure. Um, so just taking a step back in our last few minutes over here, I want to talk about some of the challenges that athletes, but young people in general face um, and encounter from an early age to adulthood and mature years. What are some of the things that our listeners should know and be aware of, whether it's in their um, professional lives, their personal lives, things that we should understand about mental health in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I see a lot of um, kind of underlying anxiety issues that are not really addressed. Um, and then a lot of just like self-esteem um, tied into that. So a lot of my programming is really reprogramming people to find their own um, self-love, their own identity, um, separate from their sport. If we're talking about athletes, if we're talking about people in general, though, it's like separate from their family of origins, separate from their background, separate from how they grew up and really trying to say like, hey, you know, you're your own person and you can um, you can do with your life whatever you want. And it doesn't have to be whatever your parents tracked you to do or whatever you believed that you can't do. So really a lot of Yeah. Yeah. I want to make sure our listeners can get in touch with you and learn about your new books. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So you can go to my website. It's www.amywilhelmy.com. And the book Making Mental Gains is available on Amazon. Um, I'm sure you can tag a link to that. And then Ascension Mentality is the bigger book. And that comes out hopefully in the next couple of months. It's in final editing right now. 
That is awesome. Amy Wilhelmy, thank you so much for joining us. That's a wrap for us here on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Um, We'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM 560. The answer you can always get on my website, shalomkline.com. Or, of course, download podcasts on uh, your favorite podcast app. Just search for Get Down to Business. Um, Be sure to check out our sponsors, Tom Mirabali from healthplanchicago.com. And uh, he will give you a free quote, free consultation on everything Affordable Care Act and health insurance. Uh, looking forward to uh, to those conversations. Um, again, get on my website, shalomkline.com. A great lineup today that we've had. We've talked all about succession planning, about the growth mindset. We've talked about leadership, and we've certainly talked about mental health. All such, such, such important topics. Uh, again, get on my website, shalomkline.com. Amy Wilhelmy, thanks so much for wrapping up the show with us here today. And uh, we'll look forward to being back next week to success. Let's get down to business. We are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.